Let me say, you're a wealth of knowledge, bro. Appreciate it. Like, bro. literally, you, you're super humble. But, and, and according to the definition you gave by Albert Einstein, if you can take complex things and simplify it, you're a genius. I would say you've taken complex things and simplified it. I'm giving you your flowers. You're a genius. Appreciate it. That, that's bro. powerful. That's yeah. That's powerful, man. Welcome back to another episode of Monetize with Marcus. I'm your host, Marcus Varroja. The purpose of Monetize with Marcus is to help entrepreneurs, coaches, take the ideas out of your head, package it into something that can help someone grow their business while you make money. Now, the goal is to automate that, right? So you can make more while working less. And today, I get a chance to interview one of the most brilliant Hip, I mean, no, you're breaking the mold of what a typical finance educator CPA would be because of his ability to explain finance is one of those tough subjects that most people don't understand. He breaks it down in such simple terms that anyone, whether you're a CPA bookkeeper, can understand. My brother, my friend, Michelle Vavron. You see, did, did, did you like <laughs> you the French? That. There you go. Did you like the French? <laughs> A.K.A. Money Making Mitch. Man, thank you for coming, hey, bro. My pleasure, bro. Man, so here I got to jump right into it. Like, of all the spaces, right? How did you end up in finance as a CPA? Like, I've always been interested in knowing that. Like, how'd you end up in it? Yeah, so it's it's interesting. I got a crazy story as it relates to that. So. I'm originally from South Florida, Miami, Florida, specifically, and my parents are Haitian, so that's the that's where the French, the Valbon comes from, right? So Michel Valbon. And um, yeah, they came to the United States really to be able, for my sisters and I, to be able to live the American dream. So through that, I had some interesting experiences, one of those being when I was younger, right? So I was about eight years old. I was at, my, at the house waiting for my mom to get home. So I'm sitting there and, you know, just anticipating for her to come home. I hear her pull up. I run to the door. I'm super excited to see her. Um, next thing I know, she's opening the door slowly, and I'm just like, okay, something feels off about this this situation. I'm looking up, you know, I'm kind of starting because I'm shorter right at the time, so I'm looking up from like from her feet going up to her head. I'm looking at her head. She has like this look of like fear in her eyes, and I'm just like, yo, this is this is weird. And then I look to the right, and I see a gun pointing at her head. I'm just like, whoa. Okay, this is this is different. This is weird. Um, so I'm trying to process everything that's going on, and then the guy who had the gun point out head, he was like, "Did you Right, which means tell the boy to get on the floor. Mm. Mom repeats it back to me in English. I'm you know standing on the ball of my feet. I'm tiptoeing back. I'm going back, and I'm laying down on the towel floor. Right, basically you know just waiting for them to do whatever they want to do. So then more of them start coming in, right? My uncle's with them too. So they're bringing my uncle in because they're thinking that's my dad. I have my grandmother who's visiting out of town from Haiti. They pulled her out, had her laying down on the floor. My aunt, my my two sisters all laid down on the floor, right? And then they're kicking my uncle asking like, yo, where's the money? Where's the money at? And then my mom's like, that's not that's not him. That's um, I'll show you where the money's at. She goes to the closet. They had some money. They had a whole bunch of money actually like in a shoebox or whatever the case is. So come to find out, unfortunately everyone survived and it was all good or whatever the case is, but I f we found out, or I found out when I got older, they had the money in the shoebox because my dad was trying to avoid taxes. Mm. So instead of you know reporting it and putting it in the bank, he wanted to keep it in the shoebox. He wanted to keep all the cash on him. So the IRS ended up catching him. You know, As you can imagine, he ended up getting audited, he got caught, he ended up getting arrested for that. 
because he just had so much that he was hiding. It was fraudulent at that point, right? And then he ended up getting kicked out the country because of it. So I was just like, yo, <laughs> you know, with that experience, I was like, I knew that, you know, whenever I grew up, I knew I wanted to, you know, understand this money thing, help people know how to do it legally and ethically. You know, that's the big thing I always push is legally and ethically because of that experience, because I saw how I broke up my family, one, the experience of the robbery where people felt like the need to like have to hold people at gunpoint to get money. And then to my dad on the other end of the spectrum, trying to save the money and hide the money so he didn't have to pay money in taxes. So then I got into it. And that's kind of how it, that started the journey, like to really change the my family legacy in that way. Wow. Yeah, bro. Man, it's amazing. Like you always hear that most entrepreneurs either came from lack, struggle or pain. Right. That made us find a niche and a need, man. So for, to hear your story, like right out of the gate is, is amazing. Like what was it like? What was your upbringing like? What was it like coming up in your household after overcoming that you're in? You're living in Miami, Florida. Shout out. I'm from Florida, too, but hey. but Northwest Florida, right? Right. <laughs> in Panama City, Florida. What was it like coming up? Was you always good in math? Was it a struggle? Yeah, so it was interesting. So that experience, we ended up moving um, because we didn't want, since people knew where the house was, so we ended up moving and I'm going living in Broward County, mm -hmm. So, which was a, a nicer area. It was a better community. So my upbringing, though, because, again, my mom was raising me and my sisters alone, right? So single mother. And she only knew so much about how to make money in the United States, right? So basically, when I asked my mom, yo, how can I make money? How can I be successful? She's like, Michelle, you have to go to school and you have to get good grades, right? She had this, <laughs> this strong Haitian accent. And even though it was good information, it was the information that I needed to really be able to excel and be able to be successful in finance and business. But yeah, I, always, I was always good with, with math. I didn't really, it wasn't like I was a superstar student, but when it came to math, like, you know, they'll give me the problems or whatever the case is, I'll be able to knock through it. People will copy off my paper, all that kind of stuff. I was, I was that guy, whatever yeah. the case is. I didn't really put effort. It wasn't like I studied or anything. So it kind of came naturally to me. And I was like, okay, yo, I want to be an entrepreneur. I want to be be a business owner, right? Because I knew the freedom that it provides. So I, then I got into business administration. Then I started taking an accounting class. And again, it just came easy to me. I was just running through the numbers, getting good grades with the accounting. And then my professor's like, yo, you're really good at this. You should think about doing this. I was like, yeah, I wanted to, but I want to be an entrepreneur. I want to be a business owner. She's like, well, accounting is the language of business. Like if you could understand accounting, you could <laughs> dominate yeah. business. You yeah. could literally do anything in business. You jump in finance, you could do this, you could do that. So I got into, really took a deeper dive in accounting and went to the University of Florida for that. Really, really great accounting school. And then um, ended up, getting masters, becoming a CPA, then working for, you know, one of the largest accounting firms in the world, you know, through that experience. But that's kind of how it came about. It's just kind of like a natural progression. It's just like, you know, kind of like Martin Luther King says, you may not see the whole staircase, but, you know, you just see that first step and it, just, yeah. it kept progressing that way. Man, here, here's the, here's the, so from, you know, your early, earlier days, what went on with your family to then understanding, hey, this is what I want to do very early in life and people are blessed if they find that thing early the right. earlier you find it the better holding on to that going to school what made you leave this huge accounting firm where you had to think you can just ride ride it out yeah get your 401k kick your feet up go on vacation why entrepreneurship yeah that's a that's a great question so the biggest thing with for me was like the freedom you know what i mean so i really enjoyed the freedom of entrepreneurship and the interesting thing that I think one of the things that really helped me be successful in entrepreneurship 
is that I was actually a creative as well. So I was really into the arts. I used to draw. I used to paint. I used to rap. I used to write poems. Like I, I was really creative as well. So I knew that entrepreneurship would allow me that creativity. In the corporate environment, I couldn't do They, I basically did what they told me to do, mm. right? So I was kind of constrained. And then also, too, you know, as I was working, as I was coming up, I did this uh, volunteer um, program called VITA, right? So basically you're helping lower-income individuals get their taxes done. It was free for, for them. So I'm working through it. I'm doing a tax return for a couple, and I'm going through it. And then at the end of it, you know, the husband turns to me because they ended up owing some money in taxes. Like, well, how do we save money on taxes next year? And I froze. <laughs> I didn't I didn't know what to tell him. And this is me going to a top university for, for, for accounting. This is me, you know, on my way to be a CPA. I didn't know what to tell him. So I was just like, okay. It really felt, made me feel like a fail. I was like, yo, this is a, a big gap that I need to fill in. Because one, people out there, the entrepreneurs, they don't understand how to save money on taxes me as someone who went to <laughs> got a degree in accounting yeah. and becoming a CPA and working for a large accounting firm, I didn't really understand it. Yeah, you like so it. I was if like, you went to school for it. If, yeah. And we didn't go to school for yeah. it as an entrepreneur. <laughs> you don't know. We definitely don't know. That's a fact. How yeah. Many, how many times, even in that, right? Not to cut you off, how many times in that do you feel like entrepreneurs are hiring people who are just crunching the numbers and the person won't admit they don't know because you were humble enough to tell the person you don't know. Yeah. But how, how many people do you think are overspending in taxes because the person who's doing it won't admit they don't know? Bro, it's like nine, nine out of ten. Wow. It's 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 ridiculous how, how, how dis, disproportionate it is, because, again, you know, we 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 get this information or whatever. And a lot of times it's just. Not not against anything against an educational system, but they pretty much are preparing you to work in corporate America, right? Where you don't have to understand those nuances and understand entrepreneurship. They're helping you work for Fortune 500 companies who already have that stuff in order. They got they're straight as yeah. it relates to that. But small business is different, right? We got to move different, and there's different things. So for me, I started studying. And I started looking at reading books, started investing myself, spending like thousands of dollars working with like the top legal professionals, tax professionals in the country to learn this information. So a, a huge mindset shift for me was when I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Right, an amazing book, Robert Kiyosaki, and he talks about the cash flow quadrant, right? Yeah. And that cash flow quadrant literally lit a light bulb. He talked about how you can make money as an employee. You can make money as a self-employed individual, as a business owner, as an investor. And the crazy thing was the business owners and the investors, they made most of the money, they, but they paid the least amount of money in taxes, so I was like, okay, this is interesting. I was like, how, <laughs> how, how, wait, like, let me, how, how, how is this possible? So then I'm going through and I'm learning and I'm identifying these different ways. And then because, you know, I had that creative background, I'm just like, now that I understood it, how can I communicate this to our people, you know, in a way that, you know, is easy to understand. And so they can understand, you know, that it, it, it really is not as complicated as they make it seem. Now there is over 70,000 pages in the, in the tax code, but you know, there are some basic structures and principles that people can understand. But yeah, to your point, yeah, the majority of accounting and tax professionals, they don't understand, at least from a small business perspective, ways that small business can proactively save money on tax. And they're depending on, unfortunately, the ignorance of the entrepreneur, because again, the entrepreneur didn't even go to school for accounting or tax. So they know they know that. So they're able to, unfortunately, get by with not knowing and then you not really until you start asking questions. It's not until you start asking questions, start talking to your other entrepreneur friends like, hey, yo, 
how much money you spend on taxes, <laughs> and then you find out that they're not spending yeah. that much, and then you start connecting the dots. Or man, I remember, I remember making six figures, so maybe hot two hundred something like that. And a friend of mine was talking about how he did three million. And I was telling him what I paid in taxes, and he told me, what are you paying? I'm like, how did I pay more than you? And you made three times the amount, yep. like more than three times. I don't want to get into math. You're like, well, technically it's right. <laughs> but <laughs> but more. He, he did $3 million. I'm yeah. doing 200 and something. This was some years ago, and I was, I, I still have a lot to learn, but I knew nothing, right? Because I got into this space, and you go from a couple hundred to getting paid to speak, getting paid for books, and you're not even bookkeeping. So you don't really know all the money you're even making. Right. Right? You don't know your real expenses on down the line. I say that to say, man, it speaks to to what to what you do and the value of that from that moment where that, that couple asked you that question. Right. What did you do? Like, what made you say, you know, I'm going to figure this out? What's that journey like? Yeah, so— like I said, in that moment, I felt like a failure as a, as a as an advisor, right? Because they're trusting me to know this information, even though they didn't pay me. And that's the, that's the other thing. They didn't even pay me to do this. I'm doing it for free. But the fact that I didn't know, I think for me, I just have this, it might be just some insecurity that I have. Like, I like to know things. Like, I want, I want to be able to have some kind of answer for you. Yeah. So I didn't know an answer to tell them. And then as they started thinking about it, I was like, yo, that's a really good question. Like, okay, we're doing a tax return. But at the end of the day, how do we save money on taxes, right? Because there's only so much you can do as as a tax preparer. It doesn't matter who you're working with, right? If you didn't do what you needed to do in the previous year, as far as saving money on taxes, then you're pretty much limited to that that information, that situation. So it's interesting. I always talk about there's all these different taxes out there, right? So you know, taxes literally is like your single largest expense, right? So when you make money, you pay income tax. When you buy something, you pay sales tax. When you buy property, you pay property tax. When you sell the property for more than what you pay for, you pay capital gains tax. When you die, <laughs> right, <laughs> you possibly you, you could potentially pay, be paying death tax or state tax. Oh, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a yeah. minute. You just made me mad. I, I want to fight right now. <laughs> Back this thing up. Because I need everybody to pause and write this down. Right. Our single biggest expense is taxes. Yep. Run me through that list again. List, and this is just this is a short list now. Now there's other taxes, but when you make money, you're paying income tax. Yep. When you buy something, buy a product, so you you got you 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 make money. They tax you on that money. The money that they taxed you on, now you got to buy stuff with that. <laughs> what right? you got left, you buying something. <laughs> what, now you buying what 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 you what you have left. Then there's a sales tax on that. Okay, cool. And then when you buy property, right? When you buy a home, yep. real estate, you got property taxes. Mm -hmm. And then the property appreciates in value. Right, it increases in value. You sell that property. Now the IRS wants what's called capital gains tax. Same thing with stocks. If you go ahead and invest in stocks, that goes up in value. You go ahead and sell it. They want they want money. They want to, they want to tax that too. So you got capital gains tax. And then when you die, right, you could potentially pay death or estate tax. Right now there's different exclusions or whatever the case is, but they want a piece of that money when that money transfers over. To you know, whoever your beneficiaries <laughs> you are, right? Kid, yeah, you leave your kids' money and then your death. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Right. Let me get some of that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. So when you add all that up without a proper tax plan or a proper like, you know, some working with the right tax professional, that could come up to like over fifty-one percent of your income, right? Sheesh. And a, a way to look at that is you're literally working for the government, essentially, right? You're the government. The crazy thing with the government is. 
the government is your business partner that you'd even decide to go in business with. You automatically in business um, with the with the government. And on top of that, if they want to increase their percentage, they can whenever they want to. You know what I mean? And you just got to deal with it. You know what I mean? So that's why it's so important to understand this. But even with all those taxes, right, 51% of your taxes, but there's an even bigger tax, even bigger tax than all those taxes combined. I call that ignorance tax. Say it one more time for the person in the back. Ignorance tax. That thing expensive, ain't it? <laughs> <laughs> Crazy expensive. Yeah, ignorance tax. And that's the tax that you pay by not knowing the tax code, right? And you can potentially pay fines. You can pay penalties. You can go to jail like my dad. You can end up losing your business, right? If you if you have that ignorance tax and you're not paying the tax that they need to, they could seize your business. They could take the business. Oh, you owe us this? Oh, you don't got it? All right, bet. Let's go ahead and take this business then. Mm. So... Understanding this information and make sure we're working with the right professional is probably the, one of the most important things to to do because, again, it's a real thing. It's something that everyone has to deal with, and they don't teach us this in school. And then even when you pay to go to school like I did, like I still had to go outside of school and literally learn all these different ways and things that people could do to proactively save money on taxes. Man, do you, do you realize how much of a secret weapon you are? Well, number one, you're not a secret because you're popping out here in these internet <laughs> streets. Let me just let me just get that clear. Appreciate I'm talking you. about a huge social media following, of which I want to get into, right? And it's, right. It's, it's a critical point why I'm saying it. For you're sure. not a secret. Huge social media following, huge community, huge audience, constantly speaking at conferences, respected by entrepreneurs. Sure. How did you take the not so sexy industry of finance and taxes and build an audience of people that were interested and wanted to learn? You, that's 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 a great question. So it's interesting for me. It's it comes to that dynamic, that interesting dynamic that I had with the creative side and the technical knowledge, right? So what I what I do is I always I I don't know if it's just my nature, who I am. I w- I always think about the end person, right? The the end consumer, right? If I was in your shoes, how would I want the information? How would I want it to be presented? How would I want it to be broken down? And that w- that's literally one of my, I think, believe one of my gifts, right? So Einstein says that, you know, a genius is someone who could take a complex situ- situation, uh, idea and make it and simplify it, right? So for me, I started looking at, okay, how can I take this, take this thing and communicate in a way that people understand? And then two, you know, I personally feel like I'm, I'm just, just naturally just I got swag whatever I, I just yeah, said I, yeah. I'm cool naturally whatever the case is right and I'm a really big fan of hip-hop so the the it's a gift and a curse but one of the things that I had to do was there was no CPA out there that was doing what I was doing like I, I had no role model I had no one to like how's this person because everyone's the student tie traditional super professional and I did that. I played that game for a little bit, right? I was at, but it wasn't me. That wasn't who I am. Like, on a personal level, I'm not that. And I was like, you know what? Forget it. Let me just be myself and start showing people who I am. And people gravitated toward it. It was, it was like, literally, like, lightning hit. Like, it, it, it was just, like, people saw it and it's like, yo, this is different. Like, he's, 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 he's talking about this subject that I hate, but he just finds a way to, like, really simplify it, break it down, make it interesting, and I think it's just me understanding, like, at the end of the day, whether you decide to work with me or not, I want you to at least walk away with some game, some information. And then I just started giving out a whole bunch of value for free. Like, yeah. I just crazy, crazy game, like, consistently just dropping 
gems and again people weren't no one was really breaking down the information i understood again the culture because i am the culture and i started creating content for the, and just very being very aware of my my target market right which is the entrepreneur market typically people who are into hip-hop the hip-hop culture whatever the case is and it just like i said it just took off from there you know every time i every time i've ever heard you i'm captivated right the reason I say that is your ability to take what is foreign, right? Anytime you're learning new information, you've got the the language barriers. Like if you move to a new country, first thing you have to learn is the language. Then you learn the culture. So when you're teaching finance and you start talking about different types of taxes and you can do this, you can file as an escort. Well, it's still people like, what's an escort? What's an LLC? You break down these components. Oh, what you need is document, blah, 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 blah. Right. And you started breaking it down and you said, well, it's kind of like this in such a way that I was like, I've never seen anybody, whether it's your lives, I bought your ebook, which I think is phenomenal. Thank you. You know, the level of detail, I'm like, how is this this cheap? You know, because I can imagine right. how expensive that information would be to sit across the table from someone to teach it. For sure. You've taken things that would cost people thousands of dollars to sit with a CPA or thousands of dollars to go and get a degree. Your level of service to people in this space, I think, is amazing. Like, what are some? How do you decide, and what are some of those resources you do have? Like, do you have a path that, if someone's interested, trying to learn, trying to avoid? In essence, how do we legally and ethically is yep. what you say. So, like your whole, your whole thing is legally and ethically. How do we kind of shortchange our fifty one percent business partner? Yeah, right, of the government. <laughs> uh, if you're listening, Uncle Sam, I, I mean it, but don't mean it. Okay. Like, how do we do that? That's my first question. The second yep. question is, do you have a way that people can work with you to learn some of this stuff? Yeah, for sure. So, as you as you mentioned, so I'm always dropping free game, simplifying it, right? So a lot of times, sometimes. This this the interesting with with the accounting industry and the tax community that I realized. So a lot of accounting and tax professionals, their value is in how much they know, right? Meaning that in order to impress you or in order for them to demonstrate their value, they pretend to sound smart. Like they so they start using the jargon, they start using the words, and they're trying to confuse you. And they're thinking that that's what's that's what that's what's gonna make you attracted to them, right? Mm-hmm not understanding that that's not how value is created. So, um, and I'll talk more about that later on, but as far as like connecting with me, you know, I'm really, I've been really active on Instagram, social media. So at Michelle Valbrun, M-I-C-H-E-L-V-A-L-B-R-U-N. And you can find me on all social media platforms. And then also, as you mentioned, you got to say that slower. Yeah. That, like, hold on. <laughs> M-I- yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's M I C H E L. V A L B R U N. Absolutely. So, so first name, last name, right? And then I wrote a book. I wrote a book called Prolific Profit: How Successful Businesses Maximize Profits and Dominate the Market. So it's interesting. I was again, I was in, I was in um, big hip hop fan. I was in L A. at the time, and um, I was in California, and I realized it was Nipsey Hussle's birthday. And I was like, yo, this is after he passed. And I was like, yo, was, let me just, I want to pull up and, you know, go to the Marathon Clothing Store, go ahead and support. Um, during the dinner break, I went over there, right? I head over to Slauson, and I'm just like, yo, this is crazy. And I see the the clothing store is blocked off. But they're like, yo, the mural's back here. You want to look at the mural? And I was like, all right, let me just go ahead and check it out. So I'm looking at it. 
and I'm just thinking about reflecting on his music and his life or whatever. And, and I really respected him because he was just someone who really thought out the box or whatever the case is, right? He's charging $100 for a mixtape. At the time when mixtapes were free, yeah. and I, I was downloading mixtapes. I was on the the line where all the, <laughs> all the little platforms to download. So he was charging for mixtapes at the time. And he was just so innovative and forward thinking and he really was big into helping people understand financial literacy. What so what anyways, I'm thinking about this and he died obviously way too young. So I'm looking at it, I'm looking at the mirror and I'm looking at the right side of his face. I see the word prolific. And it was something about that word, bro. It's just like that word is so powerful. Yeah. And then I started really looking into it and it just clicked. This is like prolific profit. I love it. Prolific profit. And I was like, that's what business owners need. They need that prolific profit. They need to understand how to keep more of their money. So tax is a huge part of that, right? So in prolific profit, I talk about what I call the CPA success system. First part of that is clarity, right? So you got to understand currently where you're at. So looking at your situation, you might understand I need a I need to save money on taxes. I need to grow my business this way. So clarity. Then once you get the clarity on where you're at, then you get the P, which is power, right? Getting the tools, knowledge, information that you need in order to be able to take your business, your life to the next level. And then the last part of that is A, which is accountability, right? So working with that tax professional. So in the book, I'm breaking down accounting and taxes in that way. And it's broken up into those sections. But yeah, that's that's pretty much like if from A to Z, prolific profit is the way to go, right? And that's on, on Amazon, prolificprofit.com. You can check that out. And then also I have a free ebook, which is which takes some components of prolific profit, the tax section, and it's geared towards just understanding the tax code. Like you said, literally breaking down all the main things that I feel like the most commonly asked questions, right? Questions like like you said, I could literally charge for. I compiled all those questions. It's like, here's the answer. Here's the answer. And is this the way you need to understand it, right? Mm. So, yeah, those are the, probably the two best ways. And then I also have a, a program called Tax Wealth 101. You can check that out on, you can find that on my Instagram page. And that course is a video course breaking down all those different things. And, yeah, I just, for me, it's just about, I understand how big of the, the gap it is, right? So I just give it out to the people. I give it out to the community at a super yeah. low. I'm like, I'm I'm blessed and I'm in a position to where financially I'm good because I only work with, you know, a few high level entrepreneurs and celebrities and athletes or whatever the case is. So that takes care of that on from the finance piece. I'm straight there. Yeah. So for everyone else. Right. It's more about giving you all the knowledge, helping you feel empowered to be able to understand this information and take action on it. Man. Well, number one. Everybody needs to, needs to get access to all that information. Like your ebook, I got. I have the ebook. I got to buy the other book, Prolific Profit, Tax Wealth One on One. I want to buy all of it, right? As well as I want to see how I can gift some of that to my mentorship program. I got to mm -hmm. have you on one of the calls. I do call Mondays at six p.m. We don't even market it to the public, right? You can't you can't sign up for my mentorship. It's one of those you have to already gone through one of our programs and we hand select kind of situations, right? So, but man, I would love it. We're doing this month, uh, this this basically this money making month, like make driven uh, driving perfect. revenue. And I think that the missing link is like we all think. Making money is just about making money, but no, you got to keep it. Right, that's right? a fact. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta keep it. So I think just what you're doing is pop. How'd you get into, you know, all the time everyone hears about you as a celebrity, celebrity tax tax preparer, finance uh, consultant, CPA, etc. I think it's powerful and it speaks to your relatability. 
your your trustworthiness. Like, speak to that. Like, as a CPA, it's an embarrassing space for someone to come to you and say, I, in essence, admit guilt. I didn't know what I was doing. Right. And it's a mess, but here you go. Yeah. How did you get in a position for people to trust you in that way? And, you know, speak to that. Yeah, so really it just comes with just having a level of empathy for people, right? Like, literally understanding, like, yo, I went to school for this. I, I took out student, had student loan debt, all this kind of stuff, and I don't understand it, right? Mm -hmm. So there's a level of, like, understanding, like, yo, I don't expect you to understand this. And, like, you, you didn't have no choice. We didn't learn in school. Your parents probably, especially us, you know, first-generation entrepreneurs, business owners, especially in the black community— we didn't have access to this information. The crazy thing is I had to go outside the community to get the information, being the only black male in the room, wow. listening to the information, getting the game, getting the information, taking down notes, and then understanding for myself and then coming back to the people and breaking it down. So, yeah, I think it's just, it's just really me coming from a real authentic place and not putting up this facade like, yo, I'm better than you, having the suit and tie, yeah. using the big words or whatever the case is. They're like, oh, yeah, he's he's cool. Like, he listens to rap like me. He listens to, yeah, yeah he's... he's Not just listen to rap. You remember, I came to, I got to say this, I came to your album release party. Somebody's like, album release, yes. <laughs> My man has a music video, yep. a full single Rapping like and breaking down taxes via rap, which is you gotta you gotta rap the rap before you. Yeah, leave I got it. you. Yeah, right? yeah. Like I came to the and it was a dope release party, <laughs> center of the city here in Atlanta. Yeah, right down, right downtown. Beautiful art. Got rented out the whole place. Food, you yep. name it. It was a party. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it dope. was yeah, a yeah, party. Yeah, yeah. A great time. Came there, celebrated that. So you you would definitely have to speak to that. For but sure. here's what I would ask: if somebody say, okay, I don't have a clue this is the first year i started making some real money Perfect. hey I, I signed up and started working with the mob right i'm yeah. making five figures six figures seven figures what are some things that people can start doing to get their finances in order to prepare for taxes yeah that's that's great so the biggest thing is one making sure your books are in order right when i say books i mean your accounting records so as you mentioned, a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of business owners, they don't, they're not keeping very good track of how much money they're making, how much money they're spending, right? So making sure that you have your accounting um, in order, that's going to be important from a tax perspective because depending on how you're structured, you're going to need that what's called an income statement. So you have your revenue, revenue is money that you bring in, you have your expenses, expenses that you spend out of the business, right? So make having a good track of that, doing that so you can use software. That's out there. Like QuickBooks is really popular to use. There's all these other platforms you could do your research on what's more popular or what you prefer. But QuickBooks is pr pretty much the industry standard, right? If you go ahead and get yourself set up on QuickBooks, you could go ahead and pass it off to pretty much any bookkeeper or tax or someone who does accounting, and they'll be able is, to manage. Would there that. be a major learning curve for someone who's like, okay, QuickBooks? Once I sign up, is there a learning curve or some things that people sh should look for when they're setting this up, and how should they be keeping track? Is this their receipts? Is this them going on trips? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So there is a learning curve with QuickBooks, so it does take time because you have to do what's called a reconciliation, which is making sure it matches to the bank account, all these different things, and it's a software. The, the positive thing with QuickBooks is they do make it easy because you can connect your bank accounts to it and it feeds the information and then it's up to you to go ahead and organize it yourself or hire someone to do it for you. The more simpler way, and that's another thing I include in the program, which is, again, I'm just <laughs> just giving it all away. Yeah. I have a business, uh, a spreadsheet in there. 
So in the spreadsheet, you could literally, it's on Google Sheets or Excel or whatever the case is. You can go and literally have it broken down based on the categories that's on the tax return. So it's literally reverse engineer. Mm. So for like, let's say you're a sole proprietorship, right? Which most people are going to be a sole proprietorship if you're just starting off. It's going to be categorized in the way that it is on the tax return, right? So you're going to have things like supplies. It's going to have equipment. It's going to have meals. It's going to have travel. It's going to have all those different things. So getting the accounting is getting the accounting right is going to be important, right? Because to your point, if you're not tracking your expenses, that's a huge way for you to save money on taxes. So that's one piece. And then as it relates to saving money on taxes, there's uh, literally six big ways for you to save money on taxes, right? So the first one is deductions. Deductions is basically what people call a tax write-off. When people talk about writing off this and writing <laughs> off that, that's what a tax write-off is. It's a deduction, right? And then you have you have deductions. You have retirement, so you can contribute to re- different retirement accounts that can help you save money on taxes. You have insurance. There's different insurance policies that are out there you can use to be able to save money on taxes. You have your legal and tax structure, so how you're structuring the business is going to help you save money on taxes. You have what are called loopholes, so there's legal loopholes that are out there to help you save money on taxes. Then you have advanced planning strategies. That's like taking like a holistic view, combining different entities, moving things around to really save you money on taxes. But the biggest thing that's going to apply to most entrepreneurs is going to be those expenses, those tax write-offs, right? So as it relates to being able to write things off for your business, the IRS has four requirements in order for you to be able to do that, right? I call those tax-free requirements, right? So tax-free deductions. So free is going to be the acronym that you need to remember. So free, the first part of that free is it needs to be for your trade business or profession. So if you're an entrepreneur, business owner, then you're able to expense things that you spend money on the business. So the that's one of the amazing advantages. And that's one of the things I got from Robert Kiyosaki's book is the tax code is geared towards entrepreneurs mm-hmm. and investors, right? Investors in real estate and investors in the stock market, because those individuals in the, in the government's eyes, whether you agree with it or not, they're the ones that are helping build up the economy, right? They're circulating money, they're providing goods, they're providing services. So the government wants people to do more people to do that. So you need to be in and you need to have the business. Then the next part of that is R it needs to be considered regular for your business, right? The IRS calls that ordinary. So an example of what's ordinary is you got to look at your industry, right? So that's a, that's why it's important to when you're doing your tax return, putting in the right industry. Because for instance, like I have a tax accounting business, CPA firm, whatever the case is, right? We have a friend who owns an ice cream shop, right? And she can she could write off ice cream cones, spoons, napkins, refrigerators, all those kind of things. If I start writing that stuff up on my on my tax return, you know what I'm saying? I'm gonna get I'm gonna get a letter in the mail. You yeah. know what I mean? So it needs to be ordinary for your business. So what's ordinary for your business? Just using common sense as it relates to that. Then it needs to be the next E is essential. The IRS calls that necessary. So what's necessary for you to operate your business? That's utilities, rent, employees, all those things are essential. And then last but not least, economical, meaning that you need to be making it, it it's it's it it's subjective depending on how much money you're making, right? So one of the, one of the deductions that you could take, this allows you to do it, that you could write off a vehicle that weighs over six thousand pounds, right? The G Wagon, right? Everyone talks about the G Wagon. But if your business is only making fifty thousand, you can't write off a hundred fifty thousand dollar vehicle, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? So, but I got to put that out there because some people are just like, oh, I can write off. It's like, no, you got to you got to be making substantially more than that. So you want to make sure that it's it's substantially more than that. So someone like fifty cent at the end of the year, he was like, yo, um, I had this big tax bill. Let me just go ahead and buy five cars. Fifty cent could do that, right? He's a he's doing he has power. He's doing music. He has yeah. all this money, right? But for the average person. 
depending on how much money you make, you may or may not be able to do that. But it's it's subjective based on how much money you're making based on the revenue. So again, recapping tax free F R E E. So for your trade business profession, uh, regular free business essential and economical. So those are deductions. Mm. So that's 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 a big thing that's gonna apply to most entrepreneurs is they take advantage of those. Do you realize how much game you just gave? <laughs> no, seriously. <laughs> like, uh, so what we're gonna do is send y'all an invoice to everybody that's watching. Uh, <laughs> seriously, like the six you broke down the six things that, that people can do to avoid taxes. Then you broke down this free model, which I think is just nuts. I'm sitting here like, yo, I need to be writing notes. <laughs> but I get, the, I get the inside scoop. Now, when you say one thing you, you mentioned, I'm going to piggyback on, you said essential. So do you remember we were talking? And I said, so you mean I can't run off the Rolex? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to go, my, my man had, you had just bought yeah, yours. Yeah, we were talking, yeah. go, go show you, you, yeah. your beautiful Rolex. So we were talking, he came to my house, right? Yep. We was talking, and he had just got his. And I'm, I'm, I'm not cheap. I'm just fiscally responsible. For sure, all right? Yeah. AKA cheap. Okay, so, <laughs> so we were talking. I'm like, man, the only way I want to buy it is if I can write it off. And I said, bro, so we can't write the rolly off. Like, right. I want to buy it. What did you say to me? I think it'll help someone who just keep hearing this word write off, and yeah. they don't realize that's not essential. Right. <laughs> so yeah. Speak to that. Yeah. So it's again, it's it's not essential. Unfortunately, I would love to be able to write off Rolexes and and the clothes and all that kind of stuff. But um, currently, my and my take on it, and everyone has a different spectrum of you know your their risk level. I'm I'm more on the conservative end, but I'm going to tell you that for the vast majority, 99% of the time, no, you can't write it off because it's not considered essential for you to operate your business. Some people try to argue and say, well, I'm an influencer, I'm a brand, I need the Rolex because it's going to help me get clients, da da da, da. Um, That's not my stance on it. There's a few people out there who believe that, but are those people going to vouch for you if you get <laughs> if you get audited? Are they going to stay in the courtroom with you, right? No. So you you got you to gotta look into that too. But And, there's a, and it's interesting, there's a court case a while back where someone was working at the polo um, store, whatever, right? And one of the requirements to work in polo is you got to wear polo while you're working. So what he did, there's a time when you could be able to write off what's called unreimbursed employee expenses. So if you worked at a company, they didn't reimburse you for something, you can go ahead and write it off. He tried to write it off. He tried to write off his polo. And the IRS shut it down because they're just like, no, you could wear the polo outside of work as well. So if you could use it in your personal life, then, you know, we it's you can't write it off or whatever the case is. We know you're going to the club with the polo with the big <laughs> pony on, you know what I'm saying? We know that you're gonna be yeah. you you we know what you're trying to do, right? So you can't write that off. So it, it just it's very important for it to be for your business. But there is I would say there is some gray area. Some people have pushed the envelope because now the influencer internet marketing space is getting very it's a lot of gray area, whatever the so case let's is. Just say, to, let's just say hypothetically. You know, let's just say, you see the air quotes, hypothetically, (laughs) that I'm doing a marketing campaign. And the campaign is called, uh, let's say I'm trying to teach people traditional marketing and to move away from influencer marketing, right? Mm -hmm. So let's say that's the campaign. That's the scenario. So so in order to film the commercial, my videographer comes with me, I want to buy wear elaborate clothes and then wear more modest clothes and it's an actual commercial for the business to promote and market a program because I own a consulting business. Right. Could that be written off? Possibly. (laughs) (laughs) Possibly. I'll tell you you what I I think could work for that scenario, right? If you're renting it, 
I think that could be okay. Mm. If you're renting it for that day. So if you rented the Gucci, you rented the Dior, you rented all that stuff for the shoot and for that day, you might be able to get away with it. But if you're buying it, and then because they feel like you can you can wear it for the shoot for those few hours, but you're gonna wear it somewhere else too. Exactly, I got you. But you could specifically, but if you're renting it, you could specifically say no. It, it was intentional for the specific advertisement for the specific campaign, and you you probably might be able to to be Ooh, able to do I that. I got another one. I got what? Well, sorry, y'all. I'm trying to find a way to get y'all your Gucci, your Louis, <laughs> all of that, and write it off. I'm, I'm work. This is for you. This is not even for me. So here go another scenario. This okay. might be a good one. Now this might be a good one. Let's just say I bought the clothes, but I'm going to do a mastermind and rent it out to my clients as a part of their shoots when we create their courses as a service we provide. Mm. It, it wouldn't it become a business asset? That's that's yeah, that's starting to become more of a. You getting there? You getting there? <laughs> I'm <laughs> just trying there. to get that free you, Gucci now. You get you get you got the right thinking. Yeah, so I that that could possibly be a a, a business. Um, but I'm I'm gonna have to pay taxes on the money I make written it to them. There you go, exactly. <laughs> yep, there you go. Still gotta pay them yeah. both their money. Yeah, man. they want it. <laughs> they want their money. Yep. I've never seen Uncle Sam. He ain't at Christmas, Thanksgiving, nothing. No, he's just he just he, taking he the like, cash. Yeah. Try, man, let me say you're a wealth of knowledge, bro. Appreciate like, you. Like literally, you you're super humble, but. And and according to the definition you gave by Albert Einstein, if you can take complex things and simplify it, you're a genius. I would say you've taken complex things and simplified it. I'm giving you your flowers. You're a genius. Appreciate that's, you, that's powerful. That's yeah, it's powerful, man. Because that information you're sharing has been locked behind closed doors for years. Yeah. And the internet didn't make it accessible because people think you can't Google all those things. You can't process no. them, understand it. That's why you're so needed in this space. You you truly are. Appreciate you, bro. You you know I got to switch gears. And qu two questions I always ask every person I interview. What's the biggest mistake you made in business? Mm. That's question number one. Yeah. The biggest mistake I made in business would have to be, <clears throat> you know what, I was... It's, it could be one mistake. I wouldn't say it's the biggest mistake, but one of one of the things I messed up on was I was just over, over um, worried about debt, mm. right? So I was coming, I was switching over from the corporate space to the entrepreneur space and seeing debt as a bad thing, right? Not understanding that debt could be used as leverage. Like people use debt to buy real estate and investments and you, you can build business credit and be able to use yeah. that and, and be able to generate money. So I didn't understand the power of doing that the right way. Obviously, you don't want a ton of debt for things that are not going to return or give you an investment or money back. But I was very, one of the things I did, I was very eager to pay off my student loans. I had like over $30,000 worth of student loan debt. And I paid that off quickly. I just paid, just kind of just sacrificed a lot to be able to pay it off super frugal. In order to pay that off, it was good because now I don't have the student loan debt, but I could have used that 30 flipped it into a business and be able to, yeah. you know, be able to grow grow the money that way man but all that information and stuff you can help people with the other question question two i always ask each entrepreneur because i'm always interested in where where do they pinpoint their biggest mistake and also what's the thing that you know without a shadow of a doubt i got this right like this is the thing i, I got right in my business yeah just biggest win i know I, I made the right decision i got this right 
I've got no regret. I know I'm happy I did this. Yeah, just finally being my authentic self mm. <laughs> because it's it's draining to try to put on a facade and trying to be someone that you're not. So like finally being in the space to where, you know, I finally broke that mold. Cause like I said, from what I saw, I didn't see anyone in the space doing that. Everyone's kind of put up this front. And then when I finally said, you know, forget it, let me just, just be me and show what I show, show that I love hip hop, show that I, that I, you know, don't have to speak perfect English or whatever the case is, but that doesn't take away from my intelligence. Cause I could, I could switch it up. I can code switch, you know yeah. what I mean? And, and switch up the, 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 the vocabulary if I need to, but, you know, just, you know, really being real and finally opening up. And, you know, I think that was probably one of the, the best, best things I did. Speaking of being your authentic self, switching it up, cold switch, you've given us this brilliant dissertation on how we can lead legally and ethically save more money. You've been an asset to entrepreneurs on this whole episode. Now we switch it up to. I gotta hit a rap, man. They, <laughs> like they gotta hear, they gotta hear you kick the whole flow. So now we switch from Michelle Vibron, CPA, to Money Making Mitch. Let's go. Like we gotta end with that. Yeah, man. So let's let's do it. So yeah, I did a joint called Ten Tax Commandments based on Biggie's Ten Crack Commandments, inspired by the late and great Big. And yeah, so it's basically breaking down the tax game. In that rap form, so if you guys can visualize the beat, and as Marcus said, I got a music video for it. I did a whole mixtape for it, um, but check it out. Here it goes. Yo, I've been in the game for years. It made me an animal. There's rules to this code. I wrote me a manual, a step-by-step -step booklet for you to get. Your game on track, the feds off your back. Rule number uno, let the IRS know how much dough you hold. Cause you know, evasion breeds penalties, especially if that prep messed up. Watch your tax go up. Number two, document expenses you could prove. Don't you know them boys treat lying like violence? Take it from your highness. I done see mad cats that just cover their schemes and tricks. Number three, go form an LLC. A lawyer set that up, properly draft up, deed in the state up, yep, for them big bucks. They'll get that paperwork cleaned up, word up. Number four, I know you heard this before, always rely on your CPA guy. Number five, never tax prep where you rest at. I don't care if they do it free, tell them leave. Number six, that tax advance credit, debt it. You think they're doing you a favor, no, forget it. Seven, this rule is so underrated, keep your personal and business completely separated. Business and blood don't mix like politics with no tricks, find your business serious risk. Number eight, know the date your taxes due. If you miss the deadline, they'll be coming for you. Number nine, should have been number one to me. If you start a business, stay away from hobbies. If they thinking it's a hobby, they ain't trying to listen. You'll be stressing in the kitchen when them letters start hitting. Number ten, a strong word, corporation. Strictly for biz men, not for fresh men. If you ain't got investors, then say hell no. Because they gon' want their money, rain, sleet, hell, snow. Follow these rules, you have mad bread to break up. If not, 24 years on the wake up. Flow hit your temple, watch your frame shake up. Care Take a digit makeup when you pass. My bad. I hope you rake up a lot of cash with Beachfront in Jamaica with the Michelin star chef to hook a stick up. Gotta go, gotta go. More returns to make up. Word up, Task King. Ooh! <laughs> Yo! Man, you, need to, you need to put me on that. Chat, turn me up in my headphones. <laughs> I love it, bro. Appreciate you, bro. Man, listen, this episode, this has been another phenomenal episode. Yes. Here's what I love, man. I keep saying it. I'm going to go back and watch this over and over and over again. Like, this is phenomenal. Yo, this has been another phenomenal episode of Monetize with Marcus. Tell everybody how they can find you online. I know you told them earlier, but let's repeat that. Let them know how they can come and connect with you, work with you. Yep. Let's do it. So, yeah, you guys can all connect with me 
at Michelle Valbrun on all social media platforms. It's M I C H E L V A L B R U N. So Michelle Valbrun. I'm on most active on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. I'm about to get popping on you. About to get my YouTube popping as well. So make sure you tap in and then as i mentioned the book prolific profit prolific profit.com how successful businesses maximize profits and dominate the market you guys could check that and i also now have a program teaching accounting and tax professionals how to grow to six to seven figures it's called elite firm pro so if you guys are interested in that if you're looking to go ahead and scale and grow your business the way i was able to do um then make sure you guys tap into that i love it i love it tap in with michelle aka money making mitch and do not Miss any of those 10 steps he just told you. <laughs> Yo, this has been another great episode of Monetizing Markets. Our goal is to help coaches, entrepreneurs, even aspiring entrepreneurs, package the ideas they have in their head into digital products that serves other people and that it can grow a company that allows them to make more while working less. Hire your funnel and let that thing do the work. I will see you in the next episode.